0: hello and welcome to the moonshots podcast it's episode 240. i'm your co-host mike parsons and as always i'm joined by mr mark Pearson freeland good morning mark hey good morning mike good morning listeners
1: viewers subscribers and moonshots family members boy mike it's sad of me to say this but i think even though we're coming to the end of our fantastic series on journaling we do end on a great high today with the topic of conversation from julie smith don't we
0: we certainly do and this is a refrain that you and i are constantly saying in the show and i promise you listeners members and viewers we're not stealing this from her we're always saying (laughs) we weren't taught this stuff at school everything we do on the moonshots podcast we're trying to fill the gap between high school college and life And this book is all about that, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. So without further ado, we're going to dive into Dr. Julie Smith's book, Why Has Nobody Told Me This Before?, Everyday Tools for Life's Ups and Downs. Like you say, Mike, it, it seems surprising to me just how many shows we've done and are still doing where I'm learning something that I just don't believe nobody's told me before. But what's fantastic about today's episode and the book from Dr. Julie Smith is just how accessible and digestible a lot of her content, a lot of her advice is. Yes. And I think it's going to work really nicely as a bookend for our series on journaling because we really have gone through a couple of different let's call them genres or themes within the idea and the world of journaling. We've obviously covered insights and habits from a number of different individuals and experts in the field. And I think with Julie Smith today, who came to fame, I should say, from a lot of social media buzz. She created fantastic content that a lot of uh, people around the world drew a lot of inspiration from, which ultimately led towards her book in 2022 coming out, yes. which is obviously the topic of the conversation today. I think it's surprising to me, Mike, just how varied this series is, has become for us, Yeah, but also how cemented and confident I personally feel in the benefit that I get, and I think you do too, from this whole exercise, which I think has been a wonderful journey to go on.
0: Yeah, I think we are advocates and ambassadors of journalings, and number one and two, we love this stuff. I think it's been uh, no secret that what we've shared uh, throughout the the series and throughout the show is you know a couple of years ago we got into the cold showers. Um, a couple of years ago, we discovered mindfulness, we discovered a lot of different practices. We discovered how to build habits with uh, James Clear. We learned how to be resilient with David Goggins and Ryan Holiday. I think what we've learned with journaling is it's way more than just clearing your head. And we're going to start there today yeah. with clearing your head, but it doesn't end there today with clearing yeah. your head. So if you want to discover your creativity, your mindfulness, and just generally feel better in your day We've got the show for you. If you like doing a little bit of breath work, if you like doing a little bit of meditation, if you've scribbled a few notes in in your past, well, this show will take you to the next level. This is all about mental well-being, mental health that you can adopt, habits that you can do every single day. You could literally finish this show and start feeling better. That's how good it is, Mark. Mm -hmm.
1: You know what, Mike, that's a great promise. And the reason why I like that is because it's single-minded and digestible. A lot like the content that comes out of Julie Smith. So why don't we kick off, Mike, and introduce the rest of our listeners and members to some of the work by Dr. Julie Smith by giving Julie the chance to provide for us today three tips on staying aware.
2: If you want to stop overthinking everything, then here's three tips to get you started. Number one, and this is crucial, is build your awareness of when you're doing it. You can't stop doing something if you do it when you're on autopilot, so start by journaling at the end of the day, and then over time you'll build your awareness of it when it's happening. Number two, use an anchor to bring your attention to the here and now. When you're overthinking, you tend to be focused on the future or the past. Using something like mindfulness can help you practice choosing where you focus your attention. Number three, try to balance out those worst case scenario thoughts with some best case scenario thoughts. We tend to overthink when we're anxious and that's when our minds catastrophize. So try to balance out those thoughts with the alternative, which is the best.
0: Right. So there we go, Mark. Mark, Mark. Look, you've got so much to unpack there. The The first thing I want to say is this is very consistent with our study. What we've seen, if we go right back to Stephen Covey, Napoleon Hill, Dale Carnegie, so the heavyweights of self-help, they talk about don't dwell in the past. Obviously, there's the power of regret with Daniel Pink. You can use regrets to power you going forward. The key thing is not dwelling in the past because those things have happened, so why would you keep reliving them and going through all the pain again? At some point, you should be good with it, put it in a box, it's done. Likewise, what's really interesting about this thought from Julie Smith is that you can stop worrying about the future because here's the interesting thing we've learned on the show, Mark, is the future hasn't happened. So if you're worrying about it, here's the crazy thing. You're, you're actually um, giving emotional state to something that's yet to have occurred. So if you are feeling negative about something in the future, Well, who's to say it's going to be negative? You're almost preempting your emotional state because of your concerns, your fears, and so forth. What Julie Smith is saying is if you start journaling, you will notice that you uh, have the capacity to dwell in the past or you might worry about the future. And she's saying, hey, use your journal as a tool to reduce this – some might call it the monkey mind, which is something you know yeah. you and I talk about a lot. Yeah. Maybe it's just thinking too much. At some point, I would make the case to you, Mark, that if something has happened in the past, you should accept it, analyze it, and get the you-know-what over it, and move on. <laughs> just like yeah. if there's something worrying you about the future, then you ask yourself, what's the worst that could happen, and go about improving on that and de-risking that thing. Because you know what? Life is imperfect. Life is full of challenge. And what we've learned, Mark, is that every successful person who's shot for the moon is full of self-doubt, self-doubt, fear, and uncertainty. They develop tools like those of Julie Smith's to get yep. through those. They don't let those feelings of dread or worry overtake them. I think this is like so critical as a starting point. If you feel like you overthink, start getting it out on paper, start writing it on your laptop, get it out, like just purge the system, right?
1: Yeah. Look, I've I've got, here's one I made earlier, you know, got my journal right here, Mike, and I would bet you 90% perhaps, maybe higher of a lot of the early journals that I was doing were utilized just to try and get that noise out of my head. Mm. And that, was valuable to me because then it helped me be reminded of exactly where Julie was taking us in that first clip and where the build that you were just taking us on, helping us stay grounded, helping us you know stay present, I guess is another way of putting it, to the extent where we're not catastrophizing to use Julie's word and going a bit beyond ourselves because we've all done this and it's very very easy to do worrying about what somebody else is thinking or doing or saying maybe even about you behind your back you know we've talked spoken about email bombs when they come into your inbox and immediately it ruins your day but at the end of the day you don't know what tone it was sent in. You right. know, it's very much an interpretation on our side. Yes. How we choose to interpret other people's behavior. Yep. And I think what's been really interesting for me through the act of trying to get into journaling and now doing it pretty regularly is that it helps me remind myself to do the same thing. So rather than me worrying about what other people are going to do or worrying about how I'm going to react to something when the activity hasn't even happened before. Or it hasn't happened yet it's something that helps me kind of rein myself back in. Yes. And that's been a really valuable experience, I would say.
0: So to take this further, this is exactly what we learned in The Power of Now because what Eckhart mm. Tolle basically says is what's the point of being in the past, right? Why would you keep mm. l- returning to the past? And then he makes the point, well, that the, the, the future hasn't happened, so the best and only place you can be is in the present, right? Yeah. Rem- and this is what journaling helps you do. It's sort of you kind of calibrate against the past and the future and you can bring yourself into the present and be good with things. And it's it's just like, you know, when you you go, you go to that, that wisdom, like a problem shared is a problem halved. I think you can mm-hmm. s- see what a journal can be exactly the same, that when you write yeah. down your problem, there's automatically some sort of upside for you as the author because you're just mm. getting it out of your head, you're articulating it, you're coming to terms with it, and naturally at a certain point you won't want to write about it anymore because you know what it is and you can start mm. to move on to some positive habits that gear you up for making the next best step. You know what, Mike,
1: you've you've reminded me of another technique that i found which i think is where you were going there which is sometimes i'll get myself into a bit of a cycle thinking the same like we've spoken about the idea of negative thoughts percolating in our minds when you obsess over it too much you know it kind of becomes reality doesn't it that's when you get those physical pains in your body because you're holding in all the tension sometimes i've found myself writing about certain emotions or frustrations And after maybe two or three, or maybe more entries, I'll start rolling my eyes as I'm writing it again, and I think, why am I still obsessed over this thing? Right. Why is it ruining every day? Yes. And you're right. It's like a bucket of water. You have to go on that journey to then appreciate and realise why am I being this closed-minded? Why am I being so? um, Why am I putting the blockers for myself? Yes. Why am I the red lights? To use Matthew McConaughey's terminology. The the you're right. It's a wonderful reminder, isn't it, to keep keep it clear for yourself.
0: Yeah, I think without journaling, our minds are like these pressure cookers, and what happens is the pressure builds up, and we just the monkey mind is running rampant through our lives. Whereas what we have the chance to do is to let the hot air out, let the pressure out, come to terms with things. And you know, when you see people in popular culture, particularly sportsmen. Who are cool under pressure, right? Yeah. This is what we can all be like, like Kobe, who was so cool under pressure, or Michael Jordan, cool as a cucumber. Yeah. He'd take the last shot. He'll try and make the winning, the winning shot. Whereas a lot of us would just be like freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> These these states of calmness amongst the storm is such a good metaphor for life, and I I really do believe that through the practice and through doing this series together, the last four shows, journaling is right up there with meditation for me. This is a go to practice, and I will credit, um, you know, an earlier show. I think it was Julia Cameron, you know, Artist Pages, the idea of getting in front of your journal for 20 minutes and just getting it all out every morning is one of the yeah. most powerful experiences to quell the monkey mind, to stop overthinking You structure. It's like a very, it's like Marie Kondo has gone in your mind. She's cleaned house yeah. and you're good to go. Oh,
1: I, I like that analogy. We get Marie Kondo into your your brains. Yeah, that, that's a nice that's a nice extension. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> totally, So, Mike, I mean, we're hearing Eckhart Tolle here, we're hearing Power of Regret, we're hearing Marie Kondo. Is there nothing that journaling doesn't seem to interact <laughs> with and touch?
0: Well, later in the show, we are going to try and go full circle because Julie Smith does such a good job of uh, talking to these topics. But I think what we've found, and we certainly talked about this in the Master Series is that journaling gives you the chance to clear the mind, explore creativity and possibility, and thirdly, to give you a chance to come to terms with your ikigai or your purpose. Why are you here? What do you believe in? How are you going to get your vision manifested? There's three big things, clear the head, creativity, and purpose. This is all on offer from journaling. And if you are a member of the Moonshots Master Series, you can go and listen to the recently published Journaling Master Series. And boy, there's a lot of goodies in that, isn't there, Mike?
1: I tell you what, there were a lot of, a heap, in fact, of tips, tricks, habits that helped all of us, Moonshots family, as well as our Moonshots members, really maximize, understand, and put into practice some of those tips and tricks from these mega individuals that we covered, Mike, on the journaling show now those individuals though always deserve a little bit of a shout out you know i have a little bit of a penchant oh, yes. for not only writing about these individuals in my journal but also celebrating them week in week out so please without further ado welcome bob marjolin ken dietmar marjan connor rodrigo and lisa sid mr bonjour paul and berg Kalman, joe christian and samuela Barbara, Andre, Eric, and Chris, Deborah, Lasse, Steve, and Craig, Daniel, Andrew, Ravi, Yvette, Karen, Raul, PJ, and Nikoara, and our brand new annual members, Ola, Ingram, and Dirk. Thank you guys for your continued support and love. Hot on those heels, as always, are Emily, Harry, Karthik, and Venkata, Marco, Jet, Roger, and Anna, Roar, Nimelin, Diana, Christoph, Denise, Laura, Smitty, and Corey, Bertram, Daniela, Mike, and Dan, Antonio, Vanessa, Zachariah, Brian, Katie, Austin, and Fred. Guys, thank you so much once again for tuning in, supporting the Moonshots podcast. And also just as a reminder, if you don't already know about it, go and check out the master series, because that is a set of episodes that are made just for you guys.
0: That's right. Yeah. So if you'd like to become a member, head to moonshots.io, click on the big members button. You'll get access to the Moonshots Master Series. And uh, I think we have officially uh, validated, uh, it's ISO certified, that you will get lunar-powered good karma for becoming a member of the Moonshots podcast. But, Mark, we've been selling this idea that journaling is more than just clearing the head. Do you have the proof?
1: Hmm. I think, Mike, I'm going to pitch you and all of our members and listeners that I do have the proof. So, next up, we're going to hear Dr. Julie Smith now I'll talk to uh, Ali Abdal about how all of us, not only those individuals who are already aware of journaling, but all of us at home who might be thinking, is this something for me, can actually get in touch with our core beliefs and start to hack our habits with
3: journaling. I'm a person that gets things done, I'm a productive person, I'm a sort of whatever that that means that kind of anything underneath that which is basically everything else in life becomes easier to do whereas i find with people who have told themselves that they are a procrastinator oh i'm just so unproductive oh i could never do that it becomes so hard to then do all of the other things like health and wealth and like you know, caring about relationships like all all of the other stuff around what makes a good life is harder to do if you have an identity of someone who does not have their shit together proverbially. I don't know if that's something that you found at all.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You can have set sort of core beliefs about yourself from from that came from you know maybe early in childhood and they've just persisted and then and they can really you know, we don't think about them all the time. So we're not we always even aware of them. You know, in therapy we'll spend sometimes a, a fair amount of time sort of trying to work out what those core beliefs are for someone mm. and, and really sort of trying to get right down to it. And once we get there there's often this sort of light bulb moment of people where they think yes and because you don't really think about your core beliefs all the time sometimes never at all but they're that template that was perhaps set up for you early in life that is is your template for the world so it's your idea of they're often i am statements so Um, It might be, I don't know, if it was something negative, it might be, I am unlovable or I am um, unlikable or Mm. something, or it might be what to expect from other people. So other people will abandon me or other people will you know, um, hurt me or something or something about the world. So the world is a dangerous place or something like that. So those, those core beliefs are things that kind of sit under the surface and influence the choices that we make, but we don't necessarily consciously think about why we're making those choices. We have an urge and we go with it because we always did. Um, so, so yeah, that's sort of all of that identity stuff It's a big part of what happens in therapy, but we can do that kind of thing um, in a self-help approach. So with journaling and things like that, you know, you can really reflect on some of your own uh, you know choices or the the cycles that you seem to get stuck in and you're not really sure how to break mm. it getting it down on paper. Something we do in therapy a lot is getting a bird's eye view. You literally draw maps of um, behavior patterns and, and then you look down at it and you go, oh, that's how I can break it. There's there's the exit. Okay. Yeah. Now I know what I need to do, um, which can be really helpful. So there's a lot of that in the book where there's a lot of things like journal prompts that are just questions mm. for you to sit down and go, okay, let's answer these in 10 minutes and maybe you might have that moment where you go, ah,
3: okay. Yeah, I think journaling prompts are, are such an underrated like <laughs> technique cuz uh, like I I've I've come across a lot of journal prompts and as I was, I was reading through the book I was like, oh, these prompts are really good and then I didn't do anything with them. But I know if I just sat with any one of them for 10 minutes and I actually just answered it, I'd get so much clarity on like Stuff in my life. Yeah. And it just feels like, and, and anytime I've done that in the past, I've always feel, felt like, damn, I'm, I'm really glad I did this. I really should do this more often.
2: Yeah. Um, and, and that's where doing this sort of, you know, the the therapy thing, even though there's not a specific problem yeah. that, that you're really trying to fix, sometimes it can be that sort of introspection and, and learning about yourself in the way that you might with journaling, mm. um, where you just have someone to answer or ask those questions, but then also reflect back on what they're hearing and things like that. You know, a therapist can be a a mirror essentially where they reflect back to you what they're hearing from you. And sometimes that can be quite surprising what you you realize you're. you're. Uh,
0: I totally, I totally dig this. Uh, To me, Mark, what's really interesting is Dr. Julie Smith, who is a psychologist, is explaining to us really the mechanic by which therapy and journaling are the same thing. By writing mm. it down, you get it back. By sharing it with a psychologist, you get it back. These are all mm. ways to see, to t- make tangible your thinking patterns, be them good, yeah. bad, or otherwise, but it's to expose things because we get lost in our own thoughts, right? I, I, the yeah. classic thing that I would share with you as an example here is that it was only upon rereading my journal, ala The Advice of Matthew McConaughey, it was mm-hmm. upon rereading it and seeing that I mentioned sleep so much that it was very easy for me to now prioritize sleep above anything else. Priority number one, good sleep, good mic, basically. But I, I kind <laughs> of I knew it but it was seeing it in the journal, much like I'd imagine if I was in a session and getting this back from a psychologist Mm. telling me, Hey, you keep, this is kind of like a mindset that you have. I'd be like, Oh my gosh, sleep is really important. I think what was also interesting is Julie Smith was talking about when she's working with a patient to (laughs) draw a situation so through that illustration on paper, they can see how to get themselves out of that habit or that situation. And I think journaling is just the same. But the great news is journaling costs you nothing and you can literally do it after you after you finish Moonshots Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got to finish
1: Moonshots Podcast first.
0: Yes. Um just no, I, I knew- believe, Mark, scientists have researched and proven <laughs> that you can only journal after you've listened to the show. Sorry. You, can you need the full picture. The full picture. Um, look, I, I,
1: I had a very quick glance through my own journal as you were as you were talking there. And what it reminded me when we were listening to that clip just then from Julie Smith, talking about exactly as you just brought up, these these maps <clears throat> that people can can draw and that help them establish where they are. A lot of the time, my use of my journal, and it's reminded me of this, it, ha- it is not just a static word-by-word experience. I do bring in, maybe not doodles, but when there's a decision that I need to make, something that's keeping me up at night, I'll bring in some second-order thinking. Yeah. I'll bring in some pros and cons list to, and I'll, I'll work on my why. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be this dynamic um, artwork, I suppose, is one way of putting it. Yeah. Maybe Julie would go that far because you're you're... Using your journal as a mirror. So, in a funny sort of way, you are interpreting yourself through that process as well as you are um, relieving yourself of that monkey mind and the and stress and so on. So, what I find particularly beneficial there, exactly as you've started to use it as well, is referring back to some of your previous moments or entries. And it becomes this wonderful little treasure chest, I suppose, where you can look for those patterns you can seek out how did i react that last time now i remember there was some thing that woke me up a couple of weeks ago what was it now let's have a look back it's almost like a little written history isn't it and that's where we can really learn i think about how we react to things so but also it's yeah go on
0: i was just gonna say if you type out your journal as opposed to handwriting, it. And there's many reasons why, you know, we've heard in this series why handwriting is a very good connection, hand-to-heart connection. But here's the crazy thing. I type mine and they it works great for me typing, so that's okay. Do you know what I just realized? I could upload my journal documents into ChatGPT and ask it to tell me the main themes. You could do. But could you yeah. believe how powerful that is? Take a year's worth of journal. Tell me the top 10 things I'm always struggling with. How good would that now be? that <laughs> Now that would that would be, uh, I I have a feeling we might need a, a journaling round two series. Oh my gosh, GPT, <laughs> power journaling. But this is the thing, isn't it, though? You can do things mm. like, how am I feeling now? But you could also, a journal prompt that I've done recently is, Explain how the work that I have at the moment Mm. is connected to my purpose. Yeah. This is really good because sometimes when you're feeling a little bit flat or tired or a little bit lost, that exercise of connecting, here's what I'm working on right now and here's how it's part of my purpose. If that connection is tenuous and you find yourself struggling to make the argument, Mm. ooh, big insight, right? Well, I'm a bit off yeah. track right now, and this exercise, this prompt is helping me uh, understand that. And, you know, prompts, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about prompts. Ali talked about prompts with Julie there. They are the way to open yourself up, and you just Google journaling prompts. I've talked about them on many shows, so just go through any of the recent journaling series, and I mention <laughs> a lot of my favorite prompts. But um <laughs> this yeah. this is the the opportunity space isn't it mark to go so much yeah. further than not only how you're feeling right now but are you on track with the person you want to be are you going to leave the legacy that you want to live? are you right. living the true life yeah yeah are you living and and
1: and that can be so beneficial not only when you the going gets tough you know again something that we learned from matthew mcconaughey particularly uh, obviously the individuals that we covered on the rest of the journaling show uh, series has helped you know us re-establish and put in the foundations to do it as much as we can. But Matthew McConaughey was very, very forthright in calling out, you don't just journal when you're in a bad headspace. Right. Yeah. You've got to journal all the time. Yes. As much as you can. Yes. Because then you recognize more of those behaviors, more of those aspects, more of the priorities and mm-hmm. so on. And that's something that, took me a little bit of time during the first couple of months maybe it was a process that i went through only when i was feeling a little bit stuck or yeah. rough about yeah. something but actually doing it more regularly more positively it becomes more artistic exactly as julia cameron was
0: calling yeah it. absolutely absolutely i mean you estate. could you could literally use your journal as a place to do a postmortem on like for our listeners and our members and our viewers right now they could spend the next seven days doing the following journal exercise. What went well yesterday and why? Mm. Yeah. And don't you don't have to get into any of the heavy stuff. What what was great? What was great about it? What did I do? How did I do it? And why did it make me feel so good? What a great start to journaling. You don't always have to go into, oh, the dark stormy clouds of Mordor are upon me. The world (laughs) is ending. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It can be like hey, things are pretty good right now i wonder why
1: yeah and, and and that's what i think in julia cameron's show that we covered with the artist dates that that's kind of the sentimentality that i was interpreting from that activity just find those little moments in your day where you can notice observe um things that kind of inspire you but i like the build that you're doing there mike because what you're then connecting it with is back into the morning pages Back into yes. practicing it each day, treating journaling like a muscle. Yes, I think that's a nice that's a nice prompt actually.
0: Yeah, it, it really is, and I think that this is where it's like for us so important to point out just the potential that lays within journaling, and it is really a, um, it's the low cost, easy, quick option to get to know yourself better. And in fact, I think this next clip really gets into that. Yeah,
1: you're totally right. So I think we're starting to really uncover and scratch this idea of regret, this idea of understanding your why. So now let's go back into the book of uh, Why Has Nobody Told Me This Before by Julie Smith and actually hear a great breakdown from four-minute book summary. who are going to help us identify and assess our needs.
4: Ask yourself questions to discover the unmet needs triggering your emotions. Then address those needs directly. Emotions don't just magically appear out of thin air. Like a river, emotions must have a source. According to Dr. Smith, they always result from unmet needs. Therefore, if we want to handle our emotions well, we must identify and address those needs. As a result, the emotions will pass. For example, if you overeat at dinner, woke up at night with dry mouth syndrome and only got six hours of sleep it's no surprise you are grumpy in the morning but even if it's not a biologically obvious lack our feelings always have an origin in the case of my sudden to-do list anxiety for example it might come from me not feeling as if i've done enough for the day feelings aren't just in your head dr smith says they can come from inside your body the state of your household your current circumstances things that happened in the past and of course the people you interact with to draw out your unmet needs smith recommends asking yourself several questions maybe even journaling about them on the regular what are your exact thoughts when a bad mood pops up when do these thoughts usually occur in what setting Do you feel any other physical sensations to go along with your bad mood? What have you done in the last few days leading up to feeling bad? Ask questions, find answers. Discover the unmet needs behind your feelings and address those needs directly. Even if you decide not to do anything about them in some cases, going to the source of your emotions will help you manage them more gracefully.
0: Yeah, it really is about being more graceful and, you know, I just want to come back to the insanely practical advice that we can give here, which is to take journaling prompts and work on them to deal with your emotions. So here's a couple of good ones uh, if you've got uncomfortable emotions, right? Fear, anger, all that kind of stuff. You can ask yourself and you would literally write this at the top of the page and then you answer the question. What complex thoughts or emotions come up most frequently for you? Okay. Mm-hmm. Which emotions are most challenging to accept? Guilt, anger, disappointment, etc.? Describe a choice you regret. What did you learn from it? Now, so those are all dealing with tough things. But here's the mm-hmm. other thing. Here's, here's some problems about living your best life. Describe your favorite thing to do when feeling low. What three ordinary things bring you the most joy? How do you prioritize self-care? Describe two or three things you do to relax. The point here is whether it's a good, bad, dark, light, however you're feeling and thinking, you can use the journal and use prompts to open it up and just to get you writing, to get you in touch with those emotions because so many of us feel uncomfortable when we have emotions that we have a poor grasp of understanding if we're feeling deeply frustrated but we don't know why it's almost easier if you if you're triggered by something and you know it exactly triggered you then that's almost a clearer black and white situation but you know the murkiness thing of life which is am i on track am i being the Mm. best version of myself well use Mm. the prompts And get stuck into it, right? Get stuck into it. And the technique I would um, advocate here is once you've gotten into answering a few simple questions, Google up a lot of journaling prompts for whatever you want to address and then scan through them until you find one that you instantly have a reaction to. Don't think about it. Just go, ooh, for some reason I I, I want it. That one got me. Grab that question, use it as a prompt, and go it's that easy.
1: Yeah. I I love that idea. I think we were talking about it last week as well, or maybe in the, in the master series, which was finding that prompt that, you know, it's, it's kind of like picking a, picking a scab. It doesn't feel that comfortable, but at the same time, you know, it's something that you need to, you need to go out and do, you need to investigate this. And I think you're totally right, Mike. And that's, that's the reason why I like that so much is because it is a bridge moment. It can be a positive thing or it can be you know, something that is a little bit uncomfortable and, and negative. So in and in a realm of efficiency, finding a prompt that gets you going like that enables you to be able to just pour all of those thoughts out, whether they're positive and or negative. You know, sometimes for me, if I'm in a bit of a, let's call it a negative headspace, I, the only thing that will probably come out of me when I'm journaling will probably be in that sort of headspace, that mindset. Obviously, it will vary depending on the type of time of day, uh, what's going on, positive things or negative things and so on. But I like the idea of being able to um, find a way of communicating both aspects in a quite neutral way. So then your journaling is more like an observation. You know, for Ooh. me, it's always, been, it's always been quite practical yes. and quite physical in the sense of this is what I've done, this is what I've uh want to go out and do the observation finding a way of of just noticing how you are reacting without reacting
0: would probably be the next level <laughs> maybe no, i'm no, a little you, bit far away from no i am totally with you so what i feel that you're talking about is a what how why architecture Here's what i'm yeah. feeling then you can start to explore well how am i feeling that like in what situations is this coming up and start to analyze mm-hmm. it and then the big chestnut, as always, is why. Mm. If you're feeling anger in these sorts of situations and you're actually coming to terms with it, the more you explore it, the more confident you'll become in actually understanding it and conquering it. So once you've got the what and how, for example, let's say it's fear, you're scared of something, and you're like, what is it that I'm scared of? How is that fear manifesting? i like, what situations? And then you can go and say, okay, why am I feeling this? Hmm. And if you can push enough on that why, on the other side of that is what you were just talking about, is that detachment. You're like, oh, I understand why I do that now. So I can now distance myself from that behavior. I can almost yeah. rise above it.
1: That's it. That's it. I think that's the... Superpower, maybe. I think, Mike, you're probably nearly there if you're not already from your your experience with journaling, printing it out. You're going to load it into ChatGPT. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think. If it, I think uh, the next journaling series yeah, yeah. that we'll probably do a book on will be yours. <laughs> but 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 I, I I jest. But actually, what I find very very interesting is of all the topics that we've covered, these ideas of regret with Daniel Pink. Yes. These ideas of why yeah. with Simon. It's, it surprises me perhaps that, or maybe it impresses me at just how much value I think a little book like this can give me as an individual who's trying to learn about himself, get a little bit more confident, yes. maybe get yeah. a little bit more focused. All of these lessons that we're learning, ultimately, by keeping some kind of record almost, it can be like a, like a staircase. The only way is really up here if you document it, if you reflect on it and so on, a lot of these individuals that we're covering and a lot of this advice, by putting it into practice within our journals, I think actually really, really can help us strive towards being that best version of ourselves or, or, you know, a successful version of ourselves. And I think that's kind of where you were going earlier, wasn't it, Mike? It is essential for you.
0: I think so. Journey. And if, if, if you ask me how I'm going or my wife, um, and I are having a conversation. I'm talking with a friend. I feel that since I've lifted my journaling game, like I'm yeah. just when someone says, How are you doing? I'm like, okay, I actually have a better sense yeah. of the answer. Like, and and not like a snappy word. I'm like, I have a I have a I have that true sense of how I how I actually am doing, as opposed to, oh yeah, I'm fine, I'm good, yeah. I'm great everything's lovely, jubbly, Mm. oh, I'm busy, you know, all the stock standard answers. I think journaling is so good at making you truly aware of where you're at and then the how and the why that gets tied up in that, but you can then share that with friends and family so much better. You can communicate your needs, where you're at, what you're trying to get done. Whereas we all know that if we're stressed, like I know it, totally know this, stress really kind of constricts your thinking, right? And so when you're under stress trying to make a complex decision, it's very hard, right? Because you just don't have any space in the mind, like everything's closing down. I think, imagine if you did your morning pages every single day in your journal, imagine how much clearer the world would seem after, wait for this, say 30 days of every day doing morning pages, oh, my gosh, you'd see the world in HD, 4K, high resolution. (laughs) (laughs) I I could believe that.
1: I could believe that because you're right. When the going gets tough and things are stressful, I find my vision gets very, very narrow in the sense that not only can I not think about all of the other stuff I'm meant to be doing, but actually visually trying to focus on stuff is very, very uh, conical, you know, very, very, it's like a point. And you're right when you do start to remember by through the act of writing whether it's digital or otherwise through the act of remembering observing writing reflecting i think that helps you maintain that 360 degree vision what else is going on what led me to this point mm. who is who am i seeing over the next few weeks you know yes. it's a vision future facing thing as much as a as a reflection In the past i find and that you're right helps me stay that little bit more like a lighthouse (laughs) looking around knowing what's coming
0: (laughs) so you know what's funny is i'm able to because of the journaling work and and just general self-care but particularly through the journaling work i find myself much more ready to laugh at myself than get frustrated with a situation, mm. right? Um, yeah, like I've noticed um, little things that would bother me or frustrate me, like if I forgot something or something didn't work properly. Um, mm. Like for example, I got I got a new um, I got a new iPhone, right? And I thought I was. Buying. I bought the Pro Max, right? And I thought that it was going to be the next size up from my old phone. But when the phone came, it turned out that it's the same size as my old phone. I was on the 11 Pro Max. But for some reason, I thought I was on the 11 Pro, not on the Max. So, Long story made very short, when the phone came, I just laughed at myself. And I'm like, (laughs) this thing is exactly the same as the one I already have. And (laughs) I had all these dreams of, oh, good, I'll have a bigger phone so I don't have to take my iPad or laptop to as many things. Uh... And then, I I, honestly, I think three or four years ago, I would have gone, you idiot. Like it would have actually have created some sort of tension in me. I just, yeah. I just said to my wife, you're not going to believe this. I am so <laughs> hilarious. I thought I was well, getting some deluxe yeah. iPhone, but it's just the same. Well, I, I, th- I, think, I think what
1: that example uh, reminds me of is, is actually that second clip that we heard from, from Julie talking to Ali Abdel, which was about that DNA, you know, your I am statements, yes. these core beliefs yeah. that I think for me at least throughout a lot of my early adulthood and career, I assume that the way you brought up, that's kind of it, you know, you're fairly fixed. We're all quite static. And I think there's a lot of people out there who think the same, you know, that that they are static and that nothing can ever change. Whereas, and again, maybe we're we're really selling our journals today, Mike, but through the act of actually writing it down for me, I was able to not only, as you point out, observe and maybe have a little bit more humor in my reactions and observations but also just the act of being able to um, uh, change, being able to not get so irate with small things. Exactly. Or, you know, that sort of, I I like the humor piece, but even from like a frustration piece as well, a lot lighter and a lot more able to observe something that's happened and think, oh yeah, you know what? I used to get annoyed by this, but I don't anymore.
0: Oh, that's the best. That's the best when you're like, oh. I'm not going to let stuff like this bother me. Well, yeah. there's one thing left for us and that is to let Julie Smith bring it home. I think we've really packaged up journaling, not only in this show, but in the series. Uh, for the yeah. members, they can check out the master series dedicated to this. But I think the, I think the argument that we would like to finish on is the universality of journaling. For everyone and everything, I think the journal has a job, don't you? Yeah, I think so too. I mean, Mike,
1: maybe we'll just let Julie and Dr. Rangan Chattery close the show for us. I think you've made a great pitch, but let's now hear why exactly journaling is really an option for everyone. What is it you like so much about journaling? And is it one of those kind of, you know, I'm interested as a therapist, are there some universal practices that, yes, we're all unique, we've all got different preferences, but are there some things that you found time and time again? Always seem to work with people, and it, I guess is journaling one of them.
2: Yeah, and and you know I guess for people who are able to access things like therapy or counselling and go to see someone and and see that as something that's possible to them, it's fantastic, and there is so much potential in that. But there are also this huge group of people that don't see that as an option for them. Uh, maybe maybe they're just not able to talk about things, and so that's really where the idea of you know for everyone actually journaling is an option. And and even when I think about Back when I was really young, uh, anytime that I felt kind of full of emotion or something that I wasn't really clear on or able to understand, I would write stuff down and 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 I would always have that experience of you write for long enough and you get this kind of oh yeah, a bit of clarity on it and and back then, I didn't have any guidance or knowledge about how to do that. It was just kind of expressive writing, I guess, and I always found that useful because I wasn't a big talker and um uh, now that I have, you know, um, the the knowledge around the research around, you know, the research on on expressive writing and and journaling in recent years has really opened that up and shown the potentials for it. and And so, when it's guided with specific questions, maybe questions that therapists would ask you, it enables you to then open that up in a private space and be able to get some clarity on things that if you didn't have access to a therapist for whatever reason, you might not have had access to. So that's why I think journaling is, is, you know, a really useful tool.
1: When people want to journal or they think, okay, I like that, uh, Julie, I want to, I want to give that a go. A question I often get asked is, well, can I just write them in notes in my phone as opposed to writing them out on paper? If people ask you that, what do you say?
2: Um, if it's the difference between doing it and not doing it, I'd say just do it, whatever your medium. Um, and I always get hassle for being such a pen and paper person. I'm going to be <laughs> such a dinosaur. Um, people keep saying to me, you know, put everything into an electronic diary. And I'm like,
0: Ooh, I want my well, pen at, and paper. <laughs> it's all it's handwritten. I
1: can't do I can't do this stuff. I see other podcast hosts with their fancy iPads yeah. and and I'm like I can't do that. I'm, no. I'm total old school. I'm like that when I
2: was writing the book. I have paper. You can yeah. see the desk because there was paper everywhere with notes and stuff. And it's just how I like to to do things. So, um, you know, I can't judge anyone for being on the phone. But actually, if you're on a device, the reality is um, if you want some quiet, protected time. Um, that time's not going to be protected if you're on a, on a screen that also has social media apps, news apps mm. going ping, tell it, you know, oh, the news, news headlines, that kind of thing. It's all going to distract you. So I think if you want protected time, then, you know, put your phone in the other room, go into a different room with a pen and paper and see what comes out and, and see. But you could explore the difference. You could, it would be an interesting experiment, right, yeah. to see if you journaled with one and then the other for a week, um, how that experience was different. Um, so you can play around with it.
0: Uh, play around with it. That's really the invitation because I think, Mark, you and I have made such a case for journaling being for everyone and everything, and I'm just so glad that we've done this deep work to study journaling. I found morning pages through doing this series, which has really just been a gift which has led to me feeling more calmer and peaceful during the day so i'm delighted to have found that what's the one thing that you found from this show or from this entire series mark about journaling
1: well i think this whole series has really cemented the practice and the habit of journaling in me probably for life i think it'd be hard for me now to put it down and never pick it up again because i just think we've learned together so much proof and and and, and a real grounded foundational proof that this is something that helps. So I think that's that's been really really v- beneficial for me but actually the artist dates was a really interesting revelation for me. The idea of dedicating outside of your journal dedicating some time for you to reflect to be inspired to maybe find some creativity whether it's in an art gallery or a coffee shop or just on a walk being able to carve out some time to really Reflect and and think about yourself, so to speak. I think has been quite an interesting little build for me, and something that I've tried to put into practice ever since we've we've been doing that. Actually, so I think it's it's been a pretty pretty full series, hasn't it, Mike? It has. It's yeah, been, on it's been one
0: of the most useful habit building series mm-hmm. we've done yet, um, and we've got a, a very special episode coming up. Uh, next episode, we're going to have Shane Parish. Um, and Thinking Clearly, his brand-new book. Um, So if you're into mentor models, next week is going to be an absolute cracker. And, and Mark, do you remember the series that we agreed on doing after Thinking Clearly?
1: Yes, we are going into a brand-new series on sports stars. We are going to be covering, Mike, Kobe Bryant, Billie Jean King, and Phil Jackson man Oosh. with 11 rings. So we're going to go off the back of our journaling into a great episode on frameworks and mental models with Shane Parrish straight knocking it out of the park, Mike, into a series on sports. It's going to be an action-packed month.
0: Well, Mike, I just want to say thanks to you for joining me on this journaling epic. Um, that we have done. And I want to thank you, our listeners, our viewers and our members joining us here for the final installment of the journaling series, episode 240 with Julie Smith's work, why has nobody told me this before? And yes, that is a question that Mark and I are often asking. And today, though, we started with the idea of how to stop overthinking everything, which kind of a lot of us do. And then we learned how to hack your habits with journaling, how to really uncover the best version of yourself but part of that was the third step which was identifying and addressing your needs because you matter and if you really get into that you can discover that journaling is an option for everything and everyone and if you do pursue journaling you'll discover your potential you'll be the best version of yourself and you'll be able to learn out loud because your ideas will be crisp and creamy because that's what we're all about here on the Moonshots podcast that's a wrap